coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss XGPUs me, graphics processing units or GPUs from all major suppliers are vulnerable to attacks exposing images previously thought to be private. Next up, ransomware the wild things are. Johnson's Controls is hit by a massive ransomware attack. And our fun game, Gold Guidance and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 168, recorded on October 2nd, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie, GPU know me, Fensel, and with me is co-host Taylor, Timing is Everything, Wilkes Pierce, and last but not least, Tim, feeling a little pixelated, helming. Welcome, everybody. Yay! Yes. How are... How is everybody on... And now it's October, which I don't really know how that happened. Right. How's everybody's uh, October so far? Well, brief. <laughs> brief. So far. Good. So far, it's been a short month, but give it a True. little time. Yes. Do y'all celebrate Rocktober? <laughs> Rocktoberfest? Should. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, Tay Tay? Rocktoberfest. Rocktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Rocktober is just me sending, uh, like, music videos to my family and friends on October first, and then I don't really do anything the remainder of the month. So it's Rocktober first. Yes. So Rocktober fest. Yeah, yes. Oh, I mean, clear. we could make it a fest if uh, if we wanted to. Well, what would you guys do? I think someone might have a fest going on already. Hmm. Who is that? Oh, oh, that so, one. Something that sounds a little like Rocktoberfest, huh? Although it's usually wrapped up by now, so yeah, we we could take it. Yeah, over. yeah. Oktoberfest is in September. Yeah. I figure. Yes. Why is that? We need to, Daniel on the show to mess with Americans. <laughs> we need to we need to ask our resident German. Yeah, so that we all show up at the wrong time. That exactly. makes sense. It's the Greenland Iceland thing. <laughs> Oh, man. I went to that one time, not in Munich, but in Stuttgart. It was still really good. But, you know, what What they don't tell you, uh, if you haven't, like, looked it up, is that you tend to think it's all about the beer. It's beer gardens and, and whatnot. But, no, it's like a great big state fair with rides and midway games and, you know, probably not as crazy food as we have in the U.S. Um, all of that and the beer and the I didn't and, know and that. A lot live music and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really pretty fun. Do they have funnel cakes? I don't remember funnel cakes, Oof. but uh, it's been quite a while since I went, so <laughs> those could have been there. I'm sure there's some equivalent of it. You gotta think though, if you combine vast quantities of beer with roller coasters, uh, let's just say I'm glad I'm not on the cleanup crew. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy! In the in the what could go wrong category. Oh yeah, I'm just. Uh, I know it wasn't alcohol related, but I like as you're saying that. I just think of that scene from Sandlot where like the boys take too much. Well, I guess just they take they take tobacco and chewing tobacco, and then like it's a huge 
It's a huge big deal when they get on like the Tilt-A-Whirl. Oh, God. Yeah, I can only imagine. If your body is not used to nicotine, nicotine can do some really unpleasant things to it. Absolutely. On this That's episode. I've never gotten into that stuff. Me too. Yeah. I guess uh, this is our own Breaking Badness Dare episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, now everyone go outside. I've shipped packages. well uh maybe we should get into uh talking about some articles how how how's about that why not why not so uh first on the docket is x gpus me uh well played uh, i know (laughs) sometimes you know when they just come to you really quickly it's just like yes uh and when it's when it's more difficult you're just like "Mm." I don't know how this is going to land, but this one, I'm just like, I'm a little too overly proud of it. But um, yeah, graphics processing units, aka GPUs, from all major suppliers are vulnerable to an attack exposing images that were thought to be private. So Tim, can you give us a brief overview of of what's going on here? Let's do it. So this is another example we've had examples in the past but of a a type of side channel vulnerability so where there are aspects of how the hardware does certain tasks that can be exploited to extract data that shouldn't be available now in this case what's going on is that the gpus can be made to leak actual on-screen content the literal pixels that are drawn to compose an image. And in doing that, uh, when running this uh, exploit, we can read data that we shouldn't be able to. And what it does essentially, this is pretty complicated. Like if you dig into the, if you read the article that we're linking with the show notes, what you'll really want to do if you want to go deep on this technically is go into the, um, the actual report beyond the article that we're linking. But Um, A good way that I saw this explained is that essentially what they're doing is they apply a filter over the web page and measure how long it takes to draw. And then by drawing different, trying different patterns of filters, you can infer what's being drawn uh, over based on uh, how long the GPU takes to draw it, depending on what it's drawing over. So, um, and all of this has to do with the data compression algorithm that's used for that on-screen data. So, clear as mud? Yep, absolutely. Perfect. But this this explains why it takes a long time. And these, these, uh, these attacks are not super quick, um, which we'll get to later as we talk about the severity. It, it takes a while to actually extract the image. And I think that's because it's basically sort of doing this mapping of the image pixel by pixel, and that takes some time. Um, but ultimately, it, it winds up succeeding, and it'll leak. So like if you have a username uh, displayed on the page, you can, um, after running this exploit, you can see that username. You can see what was shown on the screen. So um, clearly, there can be some uh, some problems if you've got the wrong things visible on the screen when somebody comes along and does this. Basically, it sounds like I just shouldn't use a computer ever. No, just <laughs> well, go back to the edge if, of sketch. The, go yeah, back to the- if if you read the uh, the comments in this article, th- there was somebody that basically said that it was like. Be right back. I'm throwing away all my computers now. 
good. I love, I love it. I love feeling validated like that. I lo- it's great. Uh, so, so this leakage violates one of the most fundamental security boundaries on the internet, which is the same origin policy. So, if so, Tim, just you know, in case you know somebody's not familiar with it, how how did that policy come to be? This goes way back. Um, I think the first uh, edition of the same origin policy dates back to Netscape. Remember that one in 1995 or so. But what this means is that this attack is really two attack types in one. It's a side channel and it's a same origin violation. Um, so same origin. That's a browser security feature that restricts how documents and scripts on one origin, which is to say one web domain, can interact with resources on another origin. And um, this has particular significance for web apps that are extensively depending on HTTP cookies to maintain authenticated user sessions um, because servers will act based on the cookie information to reveal sensitive information or take various actions that could change the state of uh, data. So a strict separation between content provided by unrelated sites has to be maintained on the client side in order to prevent the loss of confidentiality or data integrity. Um, Now, having said that, the way this particular vulnerability works, as I just described earlier, that's a little different from stealing a user session, Um, but it still depends on a violation of the uh, same origin policy so that the data can be read um, from one, uh, one domain to another. Gotcha. Okay. So this, this vulnerability is, you know, obviously very ripe for spoofing, but, um, like, I guess I'm coming at this from like a marketer's perspective. What are the ramifications for paid advertising? I'm imagining that if, if I want to advertise on example.com, and a bad actor uses example.zip and grabs my embedded ad, could I be exploited and paying for that same ad multiple times? Like, is that, like, if I'm understanding everything correctly, is that how it could work? Well, so Callie, that's a good question. And from a general, like same origin violation perspective, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, you know, if they did steal your ad, hey, at least it's going to get additional impressions, right? Yeah, uh, that's great. Unless they just pull it in the background but don't display it. No, but this specific exploit that we're talking about would not cause that particular outcome. Because really what they're doing is creating a replica, and it's only a moderate fidelity replica at that, of what's displayed on the legitimate page. So they could sort of reconstruct your ad uh, but it would look janky and it would not result in your having to pay for it multiple times. So rest easy on this one. I will. Thank you. Um, so this article from Ars Technica stated that malicious pages must be loaded onto Chrome or Edge browsers. So I was just wondering, what is it about other browsers that would prevent this type of attack from succeeding? Well, there are three conditions that have to be met in order for this attack to succeed. The first one is that the browser has to allow cross-origin iframes to be loaded with cookies. It must allow rendering SVG filters on iframes. And finally, it must delegate rendering tasks to the GPU. Um, Chrome and Edge 
work that way, uh, but Safari and Firefox do a little differently. Now, this isn't to say that there couldn't be a variation on this exploit that could work in uh, Firefox or Safari, but for now, that's not known to be the case, and that wasn't identified by these researchers. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I think Lynx is safe from this Oh, good, one. good, good. Um, what would a vulnerability... Um... What would a vulnerability like this do uh, to threat hunters who are using tools, you know, like domain tools to capture screenshots of spoofed domains? You know, would it would it help or hinder investigations? Um, in this case, it wouldn't cause any issues with that. So please feel free to view as many screenshots in our uh, Iris tools as you want to uh, because of the way that we crawl the web and then provision the screenshots. This particular vulnerability doesn't come into play. I should have mentioned earlier when we were talking about this that um, in order to pull this off, you do have to create a malicious domain and uh, um, and then that goes into an iframe that interacts with the uh, the target domain that you're trying to steal the data from. So uh, like we see so often, DNS is, is, it's always DNS. It's always something in DNS, in this case, the uh, creation of a malicious domain uh, that uh, is part of the exploit path. So watch out for those unknown domains. For sure. So um, now we're getting to the the severity part of this uh, discussion uh, that you mentioned we would get to, Tim. So what, what is the severity of this type of attack? And um, what are what are the major GPU manufacturers doing to, to mitigate it? Sure. So I'll address that second part first, which is nothing, but that's okay. Because actually, in this case, the GPUs themselves are just doing what they're supposed to be doing. So uh, I don't think there's... Um, I don't think this really calls for changes uh, to the GPUs. This really emphasizes um, the importance of enforcing same origin strictly. Uh, but the other point to make here is, as I was alluding to earlier, this is a this takes a lot of time to actually pull off, and so it's not it's not a real practical exploit right now. So I, I would not say the severity of this is very high uh, as we currently understand it. It's more, it's kind of a, a point of interest. I thought it was a clever, um, it was a clever finding. So for the time being, I don't think this is one that we necessarily have to worry about. And you'll hear that in my hoodie rating, but um, I think it's, it's interesting and it just points out that these opportunities for different kinds of side channel uh, exploits are just, they're, they're going to be endless, I think, uh, in essence. So, but as I pointed out earlier, this isn't just a side channel um, vulnerability. It requires this, this other piece, the same origin violation as well. So um, I don't see the severity of it as super strong, but hey, we can find out what Taylor thinks. For sure. Uh, yeah, this does uh, dovetail super nicely into our hoodie rating. Um, if you are a newer listener, um, after the articles that we discussed, we like to attribute a hoodie rating to them from one to 10, 10 being, um, you know, a disaster. And one is, you know, you can, you can go about your day and uh, it's a hoodie rating because we think of a stereotypical hacker in a hoodie. So knowing that, Taylor... What, what would you say uh, the hoodie rating for this particular vulnerability 
is looking like? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like timing attacks are just happening all over the place, all all the time <laughs> nowadays. Uh, and this is a particularly targeted one of those um, at kind of looking at what's getting rendered from a browser. So, like, like set the stage. That that's it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, but it also seems like you need a lot of preconditions and time and patience, um, which you know they you know right. bad actors have scads of. Yeah, full of it, full of it. Uh, but also, hey, this is the first version of this, and uh, un undoubtedly, you know, uh, someone will figure out a way to make it more efficient. Um, let's go, like, uh, I don't know, three hoodies, and then like, you know, um, seventy percent of that of fourth hoodie. So we're like, you know, most of that hoodie, <laughs> three a three point seven okay. hoodie. <laughs> Oh, I feel you haven't been on in a little bit, Taylor. I missed uh, I missed the <laughs> interesting hoodie ratings that you provide. We gotta get we gotta get down to the minutiae. Yes, it is. It's very important. Uh, Tim, yeah. I have kind of an idea of what your hoodie rating for this might be, but I don't know. I could I could always be wrong. What What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to continue my tradition of just going with integer round number hoodie ratings and letting, uh, letting Taylor do them on hoodies. Uh, and I'm going <laughs> to call it, uh, two, two hoodies for now. And, uh, and I totally agree with Taylor that like this back to change, but this specific version of this that we see right now, I, I do think is a little bit more of a, just kind of an interesting, a piece of research and not something we necessarily should be super worried about. Like if you're thinking about ditching Chrome or Edge, you probably have other reasons that you might be thinking about doing that that are potentially more important than this, if that's if that's the way you roll. I think everybody should just be using links, but that's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I you know, I think yeah, we've got the domaintools.com homepage pretty optimized for links, right? I can I can links it right now. <laughs> I believe that's correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thank you, Tim. Uh, definitely appreciate hearing your insights on that. So we're going to take... Oh. Should should we, before we yeah. take our break, should we explain what links is? Because some, some, yeah. some listeners might not be familiar you know, with links. I wasn't so. familiar with it, but I was just like, oh, this is one of those things I'm going to slyly look up on the side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been around a long time. Lynx is a is a text only browser, no images, unless you're doing ASCII art, which Ooh. you know we're we're fans of ASCII art. But, Big fans. Um, oh, okay. Yes. But that's that's okay. What gotcha. Is. Do you, like what are the and uh, it's been around. What are for the chances of like an ASCII art person like you know having like a a relationship with a latte art per foam latte foam art person like do you think those two mix together hmm you know no ex 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 <laughs> yeah, expand I think on it would that actually be really really hard to do latte yeah. art, <laughs> art yeah you don't you don't think oh, those two you? people will find love in this crazy world well they might they might find love but that would be because they they are so different from each other. Would, I'm rooting they're for not them. opposites, but they they would augment each other's I worlds. See. I 
in meaningful ways, I think. So yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor. I'm of rooting for these fictional people I just made up. Mm-hmm. By the way, someone did, this is many years ago. I don't know if either of you have seen this, but someone did a, an absolutely spectacular rendition of Star Wars, the original movie, episode four, A New Hope, entirely in Asgard. And it, oh, is, yeah. it is stunning. Well, I'm going Go to have to look at that. Okay. Oh, yeah. And when I find it, I'm going to link it to the show notes. <laughs> oh, I think you should. Wait, let me just make a note to myself. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much for for explaining uh explaining all that so I don't have to slyly look it up and uh admit that I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break and but when we come back, we're going to come and talk with Taylor about our next article, so please stay tuned. Ooh. Happy Autumn Breaking Badness listeners, Tim from the team here telling you that while we don't have pumpkin spice anything, we still hope that you find the show tasty and satisfying. And if you do, we hope you'll help spread the word about the show, especially since we determined that we probably aren't going to be able to use one of those flailing tube men to do the job for us, as much as we'd like that. So, will you take a moment this week to send out a bulletin or a memo or a communique to everyone you know who might also enjoy Breaking Badness, inviting them to tune in? And along with that, maybe a rating or a review? We'd be honored. Thanks very much. And now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back. How was the break? Refreshing. So relaxing. Yeah. Good. Good. I went to the beach. That's great. I walked the dog. Oh my gosh! Yeah, good for good for you both. I took a took a quick nap. Um, all right, but uh, we are going to talk about ransomware. The wild things are um, super lucky that you know ransomware. There's a lot I can do with that pun wise. So very very happy about that. Um, but Johnson Controls International suffered a massive ransomware attack impacting the company and its subsidiary operations. So Taylor, for anyone who might not know, what what is Johnson Controls and why is this attack so significant? Yeah, Johnson is a massive multinational conglomerate um, that uh, deals with access controls, uh, physical uh, physical security. Uh, amongst a, a large number of other things, fire alarms, fire suppression, climate control, HVAC, facility management, you name it. So they know a lot about all the buildings that are out there. Building the important, automation. The important ones. Yeah, building automation. Yeah, this, this they seem pretty ripe for a ransomware attack now that you say that. So, um, so how, how did this threat actor gain access to their systems and, and their subsidiaries? Great question. We don't know a whole heck of a lot at this point. You know, we're still very early on in this. Um, you know, what we have from uh, like the the corporate itself, the corporation itself saying, hey, we've experienced disruptions in portions of our internal in- information technology infrastructure and applications resulting from a cybersecurity incident. Um, so uh, there is a ransomware group out there that is claiming this, uh, claiming for this attack, the dark angels um you know claiming that they've pulled a ton of sensitive data from johnson got it so what do we know about dark angel so far and i'm assuming that they did not get their name from that early 2000 show starring jessica alba 
I'm you know, they really did. They were huge fans. <laughs> they, were, they were like, you know what? It only went on for like one season, I think. And they're like, you know what? Here's my tribute. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they want it. They, that's actually it's in all of their demands is they're actually demanding that Fox bring that show back. Um, yeah, I don't, they I don't, don't want money. It. They don't want anything. They just want season two of Dark Angel. They're super big fans. <laughs> no, they're a ransomware uh, group that uh, has been uh, kind of publicly known about. Uh, they launched in May 2022. Um, and so they are not too dissimilar from other ransomware operators, right? They want to get in, gain lateral access, lock up your stuff, and then sell it back to you. Um, so they have, uh, let's see, they, like they've got nine victims on the extortion site um, that they kind of opened up. They opened up a, a, a leak site, so they're doing that kind of third order uh, ransoming of the data uh, in April of this last year. And so the couple of victims they have on that list are Cisco, not the network folks, but the food folks, uh, and then Sabre. Um, so they've, you know, they've taken down or they've, you know, at least claimed uh, a few other victims in addition to uh, Johnson here. Gotcha. How about Cisco, the musical artist? They uh, have left. They've left him alone. They. Oh, good. Yeah. I've brought up Cisco, the recording artist, on this podcast before. I'm very concerned for his well-being. Yeah, you, you should continue to. I heard that he bought Splunk, which was crazy. Wait, what? Yeah, the, he got apparently thirty billion dollars from the Thong Song, and then used that to buy Splunk. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> At least I don't know. That's just what I heard on the radio. I was flipping through real quick, and I just heard it was crazy. I mean, like I think that's a pragmatic business. Look, good, on his part good on him uh, good for him and again i didn't look into that any any further than just hearing that one clip on the radio so i i mean that's as far as i would look into it yeah <laughs> so you hear it you think no that makes sense and you move on move about your day right yeah yeah, oh. yeah for sure so um so according to the article that we're that we're sharing you know here and on our show notes um the department of homeland security is actually you know, wrapped up in this attack. So, so can you share a little bit how, how that's, how that plays into this? Yeah. So as it turns out, uh, Johnson controls is, uh, a, a large vendor for the federal government. And it turns out they had a lot of the building plans, um, you know, because they designed them and helped automate them, uh, live you know, within, their the four walls of their <laughs> of their hard drives uh, and so there is uh you know a, a decent amount of concern about um you know the plans for certain facilities being leaked um you know ones that folks aren't really supposed to know what the inside of looks like i suppose um so you know that that's got uh dhs on on high alert for this whole thing you know, as I was reading this article, it just really felt like if the purge was a real thing, like Johnson Controls would have to be okay with the purge for for this for it to go on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You mean they'd have to open up the doors for everyone? Yeah, yeah. Like if like if we're if we're saying like crime is totally legal for mm -hmm. one night and you have access to everything, like Johnson Controls would have to be okay with everything and allow that access. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose um, they haven't really covered that. Any, I haven't seen any of those movies. That, that's I haven't either. I just okay. saw the trailers. 
Yeah. The mechanics of it do seem a little like like a lot of people have to sign off on this for it to happen, I suppose. I don't know. I don't really want to purge, obviously. <laughs> I just want to be I personally I just want to be able to see into everybody's house or like Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I just want to see how you designed things. Um, anyway, so I actually wrote this next question before the government shutdown was, averted. you know, averted. Yeah, that's a great word for that. Um, I was not going to get to that on my own. So, but had a government shutdown occurred, what would that have meant for this investigation, especially, you know? with the details regarding, you know, the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, look, I'm just glad that we don't have to live in that world. That's great. (laughs) Um, But in in event of a government shutdown, you'd have folks that would normally be asked to kind of look into these things uh, would be kind of sitting on the sidelines potentially. So um, obviously it's terrible timing for that to happen at any point. um, But certainly uh, given the nature of this, of this breach and the data that might have come out from 27 terabytes of data from a bunch of uh, VMware ESXi machines, people, uh, seems like every single one of these ransomware things, they get into the VMware ESXi stuff and, um, (laughs) Anywho, yeah, let's just be glad we don't have to live in that world for another 45 days, I suppose. For sure. Uh, so so what steps is Johnson Controls taking to mitigate this breach? You, they, they have you know, sought outside third-party help to come in uh, and work with this. And they're also, and I'm sure everyone um, will feel a lot better, they're coordinating with their insurers as well. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, look, this is a thing that happens to organizations and they're going to run the kind of standard response playbook for this. So they'll bring in, um, you know, folks who are really, really good at this stuff, uh, both on the IR side and the negotiation side and take it from there. Good. I'm I'm glad they're going to bring in folks that are really good. Yeah. This (laughs) This is, this is not a time for the C squad. No, no. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, well, thank you, Taylor. Um, we are going to pivot into our hoodie rating, uh, talking about this article. So uh, we started with you, Taylor, before. So Tim, you know, having heard all of this, wh- what are you thinking in terms of uh, of a rating? Well, as far as the effects of this on most of us, I don't. I don't think this is really high. I think. What you want to watch out for is in any of the automation, industrial control systems, et cetera, type companies, it's where there's potentially an incursion into the devices and ways to exploit the devices that they make. And that's not what we're seeing here. So so not super worrisome from that perspective. It is a good reminder of the scourge of ransomware as if we needed that reminder. <laughs> um, so... I don't know, for the world in general, um, I would say three hoodies in that. And I don't know, I, the reason it's not lower than three is because um, this particular ransomware and ransomware group um, have to be somewhat good at what they're doing to, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that Johnson Controls has decent security practices. And so... Um, so I think that that means this is a ransomware group worth watching. And so I'll put it at three for now. That's fair. Okay. What about you, Tay? 
you know, I think I'll go a little higher than usual just uh, because of like the the centralized nature of the data, right? They've got all this data for all these different facilities. They're, it's kind of like a, you know, they're in the vendor supply chain for every one of the buildings they manage um, and all their, their equipment that, that's in there. Um, I don't know, I'll go up to like, I'm just going to go a nice even four hoodies. That is surprising from you yep. to have like that even, that nice round number. Yeah. It just sounds no right. extra sleeves or nothing. <laughs> All right. But his four hoodies are all made of independent components that are that are just kind of lying there and you have to put them together. It's true. You have to construct them yourself. It's true. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Well, that, well, thank you, Taylor, for, for walking us through that. I, uh, you know, that we will keep an eye on this for sure. Maybe we'll be talking about this uh, in a few weeks or months time. And, you know, maybe we'll get a second season out of Dark Angel. We, we just don't know. We just don't know this. Too much in flux right now. Right. So um, how about we we talk about gold guidance and grievances? Does that sound good? Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, yeah. So if you are a new, again, if you're a newer listener, uh, we've been playing uh, gold guidance and grievances where, uh, you know, Tim and Taylor will talk about, um, you know, anything that is positive, um, could be within the industry, could be something not in the industry, just, you know, anything that's, you know, good happening right now. Um, some, some advice that they might have and anything that's grinding their gears, which is the grievance. So, um, and again, this is called gold guidance and grievances. Um, a few episodes ago, we decided to invert it when we play. So we don't end on, uh, a difficult note that we can't come back from. (laughs) 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 Uh, so, so yeah. Um, Tim, how about we start with you? What what's what's your what's grinding your gears this week? Oh boy. Well, um I'm going to say that the the thing I saw that grinds my gears the most has to do with another AI large language model, um, but that in this case was released, it's called Mistral, was released explicitly with no moderation guide uh, guardrails around it at all so you could really use this ai to do some of the uh, terrible things that we've seen people doing with you know ai chatbots and whatnot in the past um, that have traditionally been considered bad things and something that um people should you know that we as a society should do something about and of course you know it may not be coincidental that we're going into a big election cycle and what better way to help generate even more misinformation and disinformation than a large language model that has no moderation guardrails in it so that is my uh that is my grievance is it like Um, is it like worm gpt i mean it seems like it could potentially you know be used yeah it could potentially be used that way so yeah so that's my that's my guidance my grievance or sorry, that's that was my grievance. My guidance is entirely non-technical, and it is, in fact, it's almost the opposite. It is you probably aren't getting enough sleep, and you need to uh, avoid those screens at night. I know it's hard, easier said than done, um, but it's really good advice. And if you've ever tried it, it 
it takes a little bit of getting used to, and it's awesome. So get enough sleep and do that by, uh, by ditching those screens as it gets to be closer to bedtime. My gold is, um, well, you're probably not quite going to think that my gold is real, but uh, apparently, according to the internet, this is real. And this is... The this internet story never takes, lies. The internet never lies. This story takes us to Japan where robot monster wolves are uh, being deployed to scare off Japan's bears. Uh, apparently, what? bear attacks in Japan have been rising <laughs> at, at a alarming rate. So uh, the city of uh, Takikawa, which is about 570 miles away from Tokyo, installed a robot wolf as a deterrent. It's solar-powered, by the way. The solar-powered monster wolf emits a menacing roar if it detects a nearby bear. It also has a set of flashing LED lights on its tail and can move its head to appear more real. Um, and apparently they designed this based on a real wolf that roamed part of Japan more than 100 years ago before it was hunted into extinction. So go robot wolves. Whoa. I'm here for the robot wolves. <laughs> wow. Until they come for you. <laughs> uh, what yeah. a, I would be interested in a robot teen wolf. Oh, that, oh yeah. good point. I, could, yeah. I, could, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Also, Tim, We're you're getting guy, into the lycanthropy time of the year. Yes, for sure. I can also attest, Tim, uh, your guidance. I, it's crazy when I, when I don't look at my phone before going to bed how much better I sleep. I'm like, I should do this every night. I and, know. No, it's for real. But then I'm just like, oh, but there's funny things on there. Mm-hmm. Reading reading books made out of paper, you know, still turns out to be a pretty great thing to do late at night. It is. Huh. I, I need to do that. I'm going to do that later. I promise. Um, all right. Well, that, that was all really good stuff. Um, how about you, Taylor? What's, let, we'll start with your grievance as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see grievances i mean more kind of uh the cve system in terms of vulnerability seems to be uh i don't know someone posted like uh six we're putting air quotes around zero days in exim which is a message transfer agent um that is distributed across like i don't know uh it's built into debian it's, it's used all over the place um for sending mail so great that someone could tell us about those on a Friday. Um, <laughs> uh, that was annoying. Uh, at, least, at least it wasn't a summer Friday. Yeah, it's true. Now we are in the spooky season. So um, yeah, I guess <laughs> release, release your exploits on Friday again. We're, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. It's fine. <laughs> and the XM team just finally uh, post, got, got back to folks um, today with... Uh, um, you know, some updates on it, but it's not great. Um, you know, the delay and the fact that it's so widely used. So that's my grievance. Okay. What yeah. about your guidance? Guidance. The, yeah. Uh, there's a really great blog uh, from AWS, from our friends over at the AWS security team on how they've been deploying honeypots across their networks to, um, you know, hunt down threat actors, uh, which is really cool. So I, my guidance would be read that. It's fun just to see the scale that, you know, of data that they see and operate on, um, you know, uh, it's, I, I found that to be interesting. Uh 
Cool. And what about your gold? My gold is, y'all, did you know that it is uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month? I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So spooky month is also cybersecurity awareness month. Uh thank you, CISA. Thank you, CISA. <laughs> yes, be aware. Was that uh, on purpose? Do you think the overlap? Oh, the, yes. It was during spooky month. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> so are you guys aware? You I am now. Okay. You know, when I uh when I put my car into reverse, the uh, the little I have it has a backup camera and it says, "Please check surroundings for safety." So I usually say, hey, "Anybody see any safety around here?" Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, "Do you have awareness?" Yes, I I I am aware. I'm, I'm aware. aware of cybersecurity. Yes, of course, of course. And uh, you know, do a callback. It is also Rocktober. So, oh, taking yeah. it right back to yeah. closing the circle. Yeah, Rocktober um, Awareness Month. I gotta put a bow on this. <laughs> Rocktober Cybersecurity Awareness Month. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Um, perfect. Thank you guys both for for sharing your gold guidance and grievances inverted, so we can leave on a better note <laughs> than uh, yes. than we were. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, thank you both for your for your article choices as well, and and of course thank you to our listeners. Uh, you you guys are the reason that that we're doing this every week. So thank you. Um, be, please be uh, be sure to stay tuned. And um, we got some some guest episodes coming up. I was uh, going to say you uh, yeah. you gave a little you dropped a little hint about yes. that earlier. Yes, we've and we've had some great guests. Um, you know this this past year, like I I am so excited about you know everybody that we've we've had a chance to talk to um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna keep doing that you know as uh as we close out the year so that's exciting that's Uh, a good thing yeah yeah so um so please stay tuned for that and uh we there will be more breaking badness next week thanks everybody yay yay bye-bye bye-bye thanks everyone That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.